Tony. Tony, how are you? I am. I am so grateful that we could catch up. We uh, we had a great time at Sundance this year, uh, talking about the uh, the the Okav Okavanoko. <laughs> I can't. I can't ever say <laughs> it in front of you. <laughs> And it was in a noisy bar, if I remember correctly. So hopefully we can actually hear each other this time. <laughs> I practiced all morning and I blew it. So, um, <laughs> but it's great catching. It's great catching up with you guys again. Uh, let's chat a little bit about uh, National Geographic's Born Wild: The Next De Generation. Um, I, your, your segment deals with with lions. Yeah, exactly. You look, the entire special is about that next generation, about uh, just celebrating these wonderful small animals that are coming out of Australia, out of Minnesota, out of the, out of the ocean, and in our case, in Africa. And uh, we had the most tremendous time, a fantastic crew getting in out there, showing, you know, Juju Chang and others uh, part of our world. And uh, at the same time, came across some of our lions that had baby cubs. And uh, that's in that special, and, and we're really pleased to reveal that to the world. You know, with all of the uh, uh, stuff that's happening in the world today, it's nice to really kind of experience a celebration of life like this. I think so, yeah. Absolutely. It really is a story of hope, and especially in today's time where there's a, a lot of... Um, uh, paranoia and fear going around and I think the more we can illuminate you know the, the positive situations and that uh, wilderness areas are really important and they are um, in, incredibly vital right now as we all retract and go into lockdown these areas are all vulnerable and they're vulnerable in many ways the communities often gain an you know an income out of them when tourists come out but they're also vulnerable with poaching starting and so right now illuminating the next generation all these uh, baby animals around the world and in particular for us in Kenya um, the lions is really important. I think people care for two reasons one because they see it disappearing but also because they fall in love and uh, falling in love with these little cubs is not hard. And we fall in love with them on a daily basis. And we had a phenomenal time uh, with five different prides. So we really did um, search uh, in a, an enormous way to find each uh, pride and see how their families were doing. And each and every one had uh, cubs, cubs of various ages, uh, which was uh, fantastic to see, as well as teenagers and how the teenagers were interacting with the smaller cubs. But then close to the last day when the crew were out with us, we came across this lioness who had two, I mean, there was three, three tiny little cubs. They were pretty much newborns, uh, possibly three weeks old. And she was taking them on an amazing journey, which is really unprecedented in, in the time for lions to be protecting their little cubs. And she was taking them across the savannah and they had to walk almost two kilometers. They were like little soldiers running after her. What, what really struck me as amazing was the fact that uh, in one of the scenes you guys pulled up in your, in your jeep and it really didn't bother them well you know all the all the new generations are precocious and out of control <laughs> um, no the uh, the thing about that is that we've been working that area for for many years in fact for many generations of these lions and so many like these three little cubs that Beverly's talking about have been 
born and moved within days, and we're there. And so what we try really hard to do throughout all of all of the work that we do in conservation or in filming is just be there, just be another part of the of the scenery. We don't interfere and we don't uh, you know get involved in their lives. So it's like an, another tree or another animal on the savannah, just there all the time. And I think our, our secret is, is being there all the time. And only through that do we get these wonderful sort of portals into the natural history behavior that we're able to capture. And, and a great example is this cat behind us. We spent three years with um, this, uh, you know, leopard. We found her when she was really tiny, also a newborn, with her mother. And, um, and, and that's really what we had to do until she accepted us as if we were part of her family. And obviously it was fantastic for us to understand leopards and the individual characters, but it really gave us a, a great opportunity to get natural behavior because she accepted us and continued in, in a completely natural way. But isn't that the great thing about uh, working on a National Geographic project is that you do have that, that luxury of time in many ways. Yeah. Uh, it is an amazing job you guys have. Uh, before we go, um, any comments? Have, have you heard? Because you guys are up in the savannah. You're not getting television. Uh, I, you know, I don't know how Netflix is working up there. Uh, but have you seen any of the episodes of Tiger King? Do you do you have any comments on that show? <laughs> um, no, <laughs> no. But uh, we have actually seen one or two episodes, and uh, and that was really all we could take. I think that our lives revolve around saving these animals in the wild, and so it's really sad for us to see them in captivity, no matter how much they loved or, or taken care of. For us, um, given that they, you know, lions, there are only 20,000 lions left, and when we were born, there were 450,000 lions. And so these numbers have tumbled, um, and we really, our life's work has been dedicated to keeping that mosaic of these lion populations and leopard populations in Africa and around the world intact and alive. And so in many ways, that's sort of aberrant stuff. Um, but the real concern is how we now engage with nature and how we redefine our relationship with nature. Um, so it's not via the tigers in cages. And, and that's the difference between being a true conservationist and, uh, uh, you know, a showman. You know, it, it, it's how you respect the animals and nature and, and the environment around you. You know, we actually can't waste um, time right now. Uh, we really do have to start protecting those last remaining wilderness areas. And we're losing them at an alarming rate. We really, if you look at the biomass on the planet, 36% is human, 60% is livestock, and only 4% is wildlife. And that's what we're trying to protect, that 4%. And if we don't do it now, um, time is running out. We're going to lose it all. And I think this COVID-19 um, you know, uh, virus is uh, showing us that um, we are vulnerable and, uh, and we're not all godlike 
and that we cannot do whatever we like to the planet. We've got to stop the abuse to the planet. We've got to start respecting and we've got to start giving back. We've got to stop burning fossil fuels. We've got to turn to um, a greener solution. We've got to stop um, trading in animals and animal parts. And um, and these wet markets that have 54 different uh, you know, wildlife species, some of them are endangered. We've got to stop all that trade and hopefully we'll have a better planet and we'll protect it for the future instead of um, going from year to year into, you know, another catastrophe. In many ways, Tony, the, the entire uh, pandemic that we've gone through and all of those things that Beverly's talking about um, is really teaching us about empathy and respect um, as much about all those other species as about ourselves. And it's like a giant mirror has been held up to us and, and how we view our reflection is up to us. Uh, it, is, it is absolutely true. Thank you both, uh, Derek Beverly, for your time. Thank you for all your work on, on, uh, you know, that you do. And we'll catch up when you're back in the States. Uh, uh, and hopefully I'll see you at Sundance next year. Take care. Absolutely. Tony, yeah. go well.